So, hey, what we're going to do real fast is we're going to do a little quick review of what happens uh, in Acts chapter 1 and then Acts chapter 2 and then what happens right after that. So, uh, you know, the Gospels is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells the story of Jesus when he was here on earth. And then the last thing that he does after he's been resurrected, after he's been hanging with his disciples, after he's been going uh, and training them and teaching them, even after he's already been resurrected. How many of you know he was actually there for a long period of time after he was resurrected? It wasn't like resurrected and then bam, right back to heaven. No, no, no. He was there and he was helping his disciples and, and training them and teaching them even still on what to do after he leaves. So Jesus finally gives them the great commission. He says, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Then he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And then uh, the Bible says that he goes back, he sends back into heaven. And at that moment, uh, the disciples, you got to think they're like, okay, cool. Like, that was insane. Now what, Right. And so they do exactly what Jesus said to do. He told them, stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit falls on you. Don't do anything. Don't go out and minister to anybody. Don't try to move uh, in power until the Holy Spirit falls on you uh, in Jerusalem. And so that's what they do. They take these uh, 120, a little bit more than that, potentially into the upper room is what they call it. And they went into this place and they prayed, they fasted, they worshiped, and then bam. The Holy Spirit of God falls upon every single person there. And right after that, Peter is going outside and says that the people thought they were drunk. And Peter's like, no, guys, it's only nine in the morning. Like, we ain't been drinking, guys. Like, uh, we just been filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And Peter starts preaching and says, thousands of people get saved on that day. Come on, who would have wanted to witness that? Thousands of people getting saved. And then right in that moment, boom, the church of Jesus Christ is now born. The body of Christ has now been established. He, the, the disciples did exactly what Jesus told them to do. The Holy Spirit fell in power and, and thousands of people get saved. And now we have thousands of people in the very first church that has ever been. And then you got to think, now what do we do, right? <laughs> that would be the next, that would be my next question. It's like, okay, well, now what? Well, where do we go from here? Well, that was an amazing experience that just happened, like mountaintop moment, power of the Holy Spirit, like people speaking in tongues and interpreting languages all over the place, like people getting healed, getting saved, and you're just like, oh my goodness, where do I even go from here? I don't even know where to start. And, and I, if I was one of the disciples or if I was one of the 120 in the upper room, I'd be kind of looking around, okay, so uh, like who's in charge here? You know, like we have all these people to take care of now. And all these people that we're supposed to be discipling and, and, and this mission that Jesus has given us, but what do we do with it now at this point? Where do we go and where do we start? It's like, uh, who's in charge? Can I get an org chart? You know what I mean? Like, who's at the top of this thing? Like, where am I fitting in? Uh, and this, uh, you know, this body of believers that we have now, I don't know really what to do. And last week, of course, uh, we talked about the circle of friendship and the circle of leadership, I think we might have it on the screen for you here, but it is basically just this circle, um, uh, yeah, circles of friendship right here. And I would actually almost propose to you that this is not only Jesus' circle of friendship that we talked about last week, but could also be described as his circle of leadership as well, right? So we had 100 plus followers, even more. Then he had the 72 disciples, 70 or 72, depending on the translation you're reading. And then they had the 12 Apostles. Then he had the three close friends and then the one best friend, which would be John, right? 
And so actually this circle of friendship translates in the circle of leadership. Of course, we know uh, the three, Peter, James, and John, had a huge role in establishing the early church. Peter, like I just said, was the one who gave the first sermon basically after the Holy Spirit fell in the history of the universe. It's just incredible. And he was in charge of so much in the local church from there on out. So this is also his circle of leadership. So I want to go ahead and, and read into Acts 2 now. So we did Acts 1 and then the beginning of Acts 2 where the Holy Spirit falls. And this is a very familiar passage that you and I uh, definitely are familiar with if you've been in church for any period of time. But it's Acts 2, 42 through 47. And this is the one that everybody always reads when we talk about community. This is like the quintessential community passage here. So let's go ahead and get into it. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with a glad and generous heart. And right here in this moment, what are we introduced to? This is the first uh, instance of seeing the body of Christ in action. This is when people finally decided, okay, we're going to figure out what to do, but the first thing we know to do is to get together. We know we need to break bread together. We know we need to pray together. We know we need to go out and do the things that Jesus told us to do together. We need to devote ourselves to learning and, and to the apostles' teaching. These men that walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus on a regular basis, man, I want to make sure that I'm sitting and hanging on every word that they say. They understood that they needed each other. They had that knowledge, and so many people in today's society, they say, listen, I don't need anybody. I'm good on my own. I'm fine. I can do this. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. Listen, no, you're not. Like, whatever you think that you are, listen, you had a mama and a daddy, or you had a coach, or you had someone that taught you something. You had a, a teacher that taught you something. Uh, you learned lessons from different people, an uncle, and aunt. I don't know who it was in your life, but you have somebody in your life that made you who you are today. And these people understood, hey, listen, these are the people that walked and talked with Jesus. We're going to sit together and listen. We're all going to get together and, and try to figure out what this body of Christ thing looks like. And if we're going to spread the good news of Jesus, we have to work together. We can't do it alone. We know we're going to have to work together. So we're all different, right? Each and every one of us have different gifts, have different personalities. But if we work together, we can all change the world for Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that today, that if we work together as the body of Christ in unity, that nothing can stop us and nothing will stop? Uh, the, Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, can I get an amen this morning? Come on. Nothing. So the idea of this message is really that we all play a role in the church. We all play a role in the body of Christ. We talked initially about teamwork makes the dream work, kind of the general idea behind the series. Then uh, the second week was freedom and friendship, just friendship in general, but now we're getting granular and we're going all the way down to Christian friendship and the body of Christ specifically. So I mentioned it earlier, but everybody has gifts from God. Everybody has a unique personality, unique giftings uh, that you have straight from God. And what I want to do today is I want to take a look at all of those gifts that the Bible talks about 
that you or I might have. Do you have all of them? No. Do I have all of them? No. But you have some of them, and every single one of you needs to know what those things are so that you can effectively share the good news of Jesus Christ, and you can also be a valuable part of the body of Christ in this community, even right here at Radical Church. So we're going to get into this today. It's Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. This is the first set of gifts, right? It's Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It says this, Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So once again, if you're taking notes, we're gonna start with the gifts of Jesus. These are the gifts of Jesus. It is known as the five-fold ministry, all right? These are the five gifts and the ministry offices that Jesus actually gave to the church, gave to you and to me. So who are these people, right? The, the apostles, uh, if you actually go back, the word apostle simply means being sent. It is a sent one. And these originally were the 12 uh, disciples that they ended up being called the apostles as well. Then you have the prophets. And what is the office of a prophet? It's somebody you see all through the Old Testament especially, but there is New Testament prophets as well, that they hear from God and they deliver a message. They're deliverers of messages that God has for his, for his people uh, and even people outside of, uh, of God's family as well. And then you have evangelists, and maybe this is a familiar thing uh, for some of you, maybe for some of you not, but an evangelist is simply someone uh, who is laser-focused on reaching the lost, right? Like their one job, many times they've been given one message uh, even to deliver uh, across the entire world. I know so many evangelists, they have two messages that they preach. Now, I would love to only have to preach two messages to you guys every single week. I could come back and preach the same message every single Sunday, and it would be the easiest thing in the world, right? No, no, no. That wouldn't make sense because I am a pastor, which is the fourth office. And my job as a pastor and, and other pastors is to equip the saints for ministry, to take care of the flock, right? It's the, the same word for shepherd. So there is a flock, there is the shepherd, and my job is to take care of all of the flock. That would be you, my wonderful sheep. There we go. All right, praise God. All right. So then the last one is teachers. And teachers are amazing people because they uh, just dig into the word of God, right? They are the ones that lead the small groups, okay? Like they're the ones that lead you know, the end times Bible studies, you know, like they love that stuff. They get into it, they dig in and they love to dissect and, and they go to the Greek and the Hebrew and, and they love to teach people. And to be honest, even this message today, I'm going to be tapping into a little bit more of my teaching side, which is a side I don't always get to go into, but I love doing it when I can. Uh, and so those are the five fold ministry offices of the church. These are church leaders, these are pastors, small group leaders. Like you know these people, you've met these people. I am one of these people. Our staff members are some of these people. And what is their job? All of these people's job is to equip you and to help you to become more like Jesus and to help others become more like Jesus. These are the gifts of Jesus. And so I didn't know if you know this, but... Uh, you know, I am one of them, of course, so I would maybe dare to say that actually I am a gift to all of you. There we go, right? 
I am a gift to all of you. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you guys. I had to say it. I had to. I had to. Don't, okay, don't throw things at me, okay? Anyway, well, listen, these gifts are not for everybody. Uh, not everybody's going to fill one of these offices and roles uh, at a church or in a local body. But Jesus himself calls people to these roles. If you go back and read it, it says this, Christ himself gave. Jesus gave these people to all of us. I have a pastor. I have people that pour into my life as well. And we all need healthy church leadership. So not all of these people, uh, not everybody can be a pastor, not everybody can be an evangelist, but Jesus calls these people specifically. And actually, it's not just the, the 12 disciples that became you know, the apostles. Uh, actually, Paul is an example of being called specifically into an office. Jesus called him face to face when he was Saul, the Damascus Road experience. He was walking along and Jesus appeared to him and changed everything about his life in an instant and called him into something higher than before. Listen, I remember when I was called into ministry, I was 15 years old and uh, I was going to a church up the road. I grew up in Round Rock. I was going to Shoreline. Some of you maybe have come from there or been there before. Uh, uh, Pastor Rob Koch is up there. And man, I had a a great experience going to school there. My mom was a teacher there. And that's really where I learned to love the Lord. That's where I became a Christian at kids camp when I was seven. I mean, it just, uh, I loved it. I loved my time there. And when I was 15 years old, I had been leading worship in our chapel services at Shoreline Christian School. And Pastor Rob comes in and, and he hears an original song that I had wrote for worship that day. And I'd never played it before. It was the first time I had played it in chapel. And I play this song, and then after the chapel service, he comes up to me and says, hey, Trevor, I want you to play that for the entire church. Can you do that? Now, I'm an eighth grader, okay? I'm terrified. But I'm also an eighth grader with a guitar. Of course I'm going to say yes to that. That's amazing. Like, yes, I would gladly do that. All my friends will think I'm awesome, okay? You know what I mean? Like, that's like, I'm an eighth grader. That's how I think, okay? And so uh, I'm going up there, and, and I actually walk up after worship is over. And now imagine, this is a large church. There's probably a couple thousand people there at the time. I go up, and it's just me and a guitar by myself, no backing track, no help, no nothing. An original song that I wrote called Take Me to the Cross. And I still remember it to this day. I sang that song, and in the middle of me singing it, I heard this voice, and it was not audible necessarily, but I could almost recite to you exactly what I felt like the voice said to me. And I really felt like Jesus was telling me, he said, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I remember that to this day. I will never forget that moment. And that was my calling into ministry. That was my calling into an office of ministry. I didn't know what office that was going to be specifically. I, I didn't know, but I knew that I was supposed to be in ministry and a part of the fivefold. So that was my experience, and some of you maybe have had those experiences as well that have been called into ministry. And, and so uh, that is the fivefold gifts of Jesus. But now we're going to get into the next set of gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now this is a little bit of a longer passage, but I think it's important to read all of it. So if you want to turn there, you can. It'll also be on the screen with us. So there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. <clears throat> to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. 
to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. So what do we see right here? First off, we saw Christ gave, and now at the very end right here, what do we see? He alone, the Holy Spirit, decides which gift each person should have. So we are now into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you quickly about these. We did a a, uh, sermon series uh, this last summer, uh, I believe, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It was an amazing time. God's moving in our church, and it really launched us into the next season of ministry here at Radical Church. So I want to quickly go over some of that right here. But the first three gifts, if I actually was able to uh, put them in a certain category, is gifts of revelation, also known as the say-something gifts. Now, I, it's easy to, to put them out like this, say something, do something, and reveal something. Helps you remember them a little bit better. But those first three is a word of wisdom. How many of you love that wise person in your life that always seems to have the right thing to say at the right time. They have godly advice and they're just, man, it's spot on right when you needed it. Just that wise piece of advice that you needed. That is a gift of wisdom, a word of wisdom. Also, there's something as a word of knowledge. Many times uh, I've seen people that are actually able to pray and to hear something about somebody else that they should not be able to know. It is directly from God, directly from the Holy Spirit. He gives information to them about somebody else so that they can minister to that person. I have seen it be incredibly specific where they will walk up to somebody. I don't have this gift, so it's amazing when I see somebody walk in it. But I've seen somebody walk up to somebody, hey, your mom, uh, Paula, she's dealing with stage three cancer right now, and she's really upset. And, you know, God just wants you to know that she's going to be all right. She's going to make it through. Never met that person in her life and was like, wow, uh, who are you? And how do you know my mom's name? You weirdo. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen it happen before. And it's incredible. What does it represent? It represents that God sees each of our struggles and our individual things that we go through. And God cares enough to reveal something to somebody else and send them to that person so they can encourage them and lift them up and edify them. It's an amazing gift. I absolutely love it. And then the third one is discernment. I have this gift. I do have this spiritual gift of discernment. It's basically you're able to tell if something is from God or if it is not from God. Uh, Very quickly, if I meet somebody, I can tell if they have good motives or if they have bad motives. I can tell if they want something from me or or if they're, you know, going to be toxic in our church community. I can tell very, very quickly. Or if they also, on the flip side, uh, have gold within them that needs to be called out and needs to be called up. And God wants to promote them as well. Uh, That's a spiritual gift that you might have. And and as somebody in your life, you might know... uh, you know, you might be seeing something one way and they're just like, how do you not see this? Like, no, this is, this is a bad situation. I don't know about this person or I don't know about this situation or about this word that was given. I don't really know about this. I think this is not from God. And we need those people in our lives that have that gift of discernment. Amen. So uh, the next three are the gifts of power, otherwise known as do something gifts. This is the gift of faith. Now, 
I wish that everybody had this gift to the max. Come on now. But you know there are some people that just have a ridiculous amount of faith. Almost to the point that you're like, okay, really, honestly, like you're a little over the top with this thing. They just believe that God can do anything and he's going to get it done and we're going to get through this. It's going to be amazing. Like they're just pumped up because they know that God is who he says he is and, and they have a massive amount of faith. And, and you're over here and I might be over here just like, I don't know about that one, you know. And they're like, no, 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 it's going to be great. We're going to get through this. God's got us, you know. But we need people like that, right? Then there's the, uh, the gift of miracles and doing miracles. There's all kinds of, uh, uh, of miracles all throughout the Bible that Jesus does and the apostles after he is gone. And then, of course, the gift of healing. There's many people that have a specific ministry and a gift of healing. It's something that God has given them specifically where they're able to pray and lay hands on people. The Bible says, hey, lay hands on the sick and pray for them to recover. We believe that the gift of healing and that healing is for today. Come on, somebody say amen. We can take hold over cancer. Uh, we can take hold over any disease or any sickness. And in the name of Jesus, say by our stripes, uh, by his stripes, we are healed. Uh, and we can say no to those things and, and speak to our bodies and they will be healed. Some people have a specific gifting for that. They have a certain faith specifically uh, for the gift of healing. And it's incredible to see in person. The next are the gifts of inspiration. These are reveal something gifts. Now prophecy, we talked about this before. The ability to hear from God and deliver a message. Hear from the Lord and encourage somebody. Hear from the Lord and warn somebody. Now much of this is to edify the body of Christ. And a lot of people uh, will sometimes abuse this gift and they'll, they'll try to say that they heard something from the Lord and then they just like cut you down and tear you down. It's like, no, you didn't. Come on. Like that's not it at all. And so uh, it's got to be from God. We got to test the spirits. That's for those discerning people kind of come in. Like, hey, is this word from the Lord or is it not from the Lord? And then we have tongues and interpretation. So uh, right at the, in Acts 2. Uh, when the Holy Spirit falls, you see that they are all speaking unknown languages and everybody thinks they're drunk, they're out of their minds, you know. If you've ever heard somebody speaking in tongues before, it probably freaked you out and you probably thought that they were out of their minds too, right? Because it's weird, all right? Let's just be honest. It's just not a normal thing that you would experience. And yet, God uses that experience and, and that gift, the Holy Spirit uses that to encourage people through the interpretation of the tongues. Now, not everybody has this gift, and I know it weirds a lot of people out. We'll talk about that in a second. But not everybody has this gift. But the people that do, man, is it powerful. I've seen it happen in action too. And when the Holy Spirit drops like that, it is just a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Uh, somebody give a word in tongues, somebody interpret it, and then somebody in the room is just on their knees in tears crying because of what God has said to them specifically in that moment or to an entire room, an entire body in that moment. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he works uh, in believers to operate in these gifts. And the Holy Spirit of God wants to move in power in your life. I want you to know that. That the Holy Spirit wants you to be a powerful, powerful, victorious believer in Jesus. Come on, can somebody say amen? He does not want you to be weak. You have the same spirit within you that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, and if we have that same spirit, come on, we believe that miracles are possible in this house. We've seen marriages restored, addictions broken. Come on, we're going to see a whole lot more of it because we have the same spirit of God within us. And we have to know that these gifts are not any less or any different. Oh, man, I'm getting ahead of myself. i got to get to that later. Oh, Lord Jesus, come on. Okay, let's get back to the notes. How about that? All right, here we go. Paul says we should earnestly desire these gifts. 
earnestly desire them. Read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Earnestly desire all of these gifts. And all of you have access to these gifts. The purpose is to build up the church and then also, of course, to reach the lost. They have kind of a twofold purpose there. But I want to go on to the next set of gifts and then we will talk a little bit more. So Romans 12, 4 through 8 is the last set of gifts that is mentioned in scripture. It says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These are some <clears throat> of the gifts of the Father. And there's others that are actually mentioned as well, kind of uh, not necessarily specifically, uh, but kind of all throughout the New Testament. You'll see administration is a gift from the Father. Helps is a gift. Craftsmanship. Encouraging. How many of you know Jesus was a carpenter? Come on. If you're a carpenter, you like to, you know, work with uh, woodworking and all that stuff, you're just more like Christ than the rest of us, okay? Encouraging, giving, hospitality, intercession. And if you are, then Radical Church, we're building a building right now. No, it's too late. We already put up the, hey, let me give you an update. Side squirrel. Okay. We actually forgot to do this earlier. So drywall is done, guys. It's good stuff. David knows. He was there. He helped. So uh, drywall is done. They did it in one day. It was impressive. One day they finished it. They came back and did a couple little more things, but basically the whole thing was done very quickly. So, uh, but, but it was incredible to watch them work because we were just trying to put in insulation. For, it took us three days, you know. They put up all the drywall, and they did it in one day. Why? Because they're craftsmen. They're good at what they do, Right. And uh, so, here, back to the, see how I did that? Back to the message. There we go. Uh, encouraging, giving, hospitality, intercession, leadership, mercy, uh, music and worship. David, of course, the first greatest worship leader. And service. So, these are gifts that God the Father actually ingrains within us, within you and me. And many times we will actually think it's just our personality. Uh, a lot, that's kind of what most of us, hey, these are just my giftings that I'm good at. It's my personality. This is who I am. Listen, I don't know if you know this, but who, who you are is from God, right? Who you are is, of course, uh, this, this uh, conglomerate of the experiences that you've had in your life and the people that have poured into your life and the hurts and the pains that you've experienced in your life. But also, it's just sometimes there's things just within you that this is just who I am. Like, for those of you that are musicians, for example, some of you are just incredible. I, I'm a musician, and Pastor Tim is a musician, and we can pretty much play every instrument up here. And we were like that from a young age. You know, it's not like, yes, we practice, we put in the work, but we've always been like that. Other people try to play the instruments, and it's just so difficult. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about. For example, I am not administratively gifted at all, at all, which is why Rachel is on our staff. Thank you so much for helping me and keeping me sane. Yes, give it up for Rachel, yeah. Youth pastor slash admin slash everything else I need person, yes. But listen, uh, that we need people like that. You know, like Judith is sitting over here. She's one of the most organized people I've ever met in my life. My mom, my wife, oh my goodness, what would I do without Lindsay? She is administratively gifted uh, in those ways. I am not. I've never been good at it, and I never will be. All right, so here we go. 
But uh, we all have to understand our role, right? We're not all the same. These are the three sets of gifts that God gives us from the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I want to highlight somebody to you that understood his role extremely, extremely well. His name is Dennis Rodman. Come on, Dennis Rodman, for all you basketball nerds out there, uh, for all you people that loved the Chicago Bulls when they were on their run with Michael Jordan. See, some of you don't even know who Dennis Rodman is. You know Michael Jordan, but you might not know who Dennis Rodman was. The production people in the back, they're hollering. They know who Dennis Rodman is. But I would argue with you, if you come against me, you're probably wrong. But that Dennis Rodman is the greatest role player the NBA has ever seen. The greatest. The number one role player in the NBA history. All time. Why is that? When Michael Jordan was going on his run, everybody knows MJ. Everybody knows even Scottie Pippen. Come on now, Scottie Pippen. He was incredible. He's that number two guy. But then you had this dude come along when they're making a run for a few more rings. Dennis Rodman comes in. The best role player. Why? Because he understood his job was to rebound the basketball and to play defense. Now, that is not the most glamorous role. Is Dennis Rodman going and scoring 40 points a game? No. But does Dennis Rodman play his role well and get the ball back for the offense and then pass it off to the players like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr, these guys right there, that can score the ball? Yes, he does. And he understood his role really, really well. And then, of course, he played defense, which if you're in sports, you know the phrase is defense wins championships. Come on, defense wins championships. But listen, if everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan and everybody wanted to shoot the ball, nobody wanted to pass, nobody wanted to rebound, you think the Chicago Bulls would have won as many rings as they did? Come on, absolutely not. There's no way. And so I'm going to highlight that exact issue. We see it here in Scripture as well. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. Again, it says, yes, the body has different parts, not just one part. If the foot says... I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. That does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, many times I see people in the church wanting to be somebody that they are not. They want to be somebody that they are inherently not. They're not happy with the gifts that God has given them. They see other people in their giftings and flowing in different things. And they say, you know, I want to do that. Like, why can't I just be like that person? Or why can't I be more like this or, or, or do that or whatever it might be? There, there's some people, I, I've seen it, you know, in many, many years of ministry now. This is the one that happens more often than not. It's like, I want to sing on the worship team, right? I'm going to be a singer on the worship team. I'm going to audition. It's going to be great. I'm the next Kelly Clarkson, right? Here we go. Okay, no, I'm sorry, you stink. Like, you can't sing. You know, like you're William Hung on American Idol, not Kelly Clarkson. All right? I won't sing it, but you know it. All right, there we go. But you know what? You're amazing at organization. You're amazing at systems and processes. And 
you could be on our event planning team. You do an incredible job in that. But you know what? You're so hung up on wanting to be on the stage that you forget who you are. That's not who you are. I wish I was more outspoken like so-and-so. I wish I was, you know, I could talk like Courage does. I wish I could, you know, do this like Pastor Tim or whatever. I just wish I was more outgoing and, and like Pastor Trevor, like he talks and he can be in front of everybody. I want to be more like that. Listen, no, 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 you might be more reserved or you might be more to yourself. Uh, you might have that and people might say, oh, you're just kind of quiet or whatever. You might take that as a bad thing. Listen, if that's who God made you to be, listen, come on now. If that is who you are. Maybe you can just stop talking long enough to actually hear God's voice and encourage somebody in a one-on-one -on -one conversation like I never could because I don't ever shut up. <laughs> Praise God, Michelle in the back. <laughs> but that person felt so loved and valued because you took time to listen. You're an incredible listener. And your personality is is made specifically for you. It's not for me. It's for you. And I need you. And you need me. Right? So I just want to say this to you as plainly as I can. And if you don't get anything else today, this is the one point I want to make. Be who God made you to be and stop trying to steal somebody else's gift. Be who God made you to be because it's beautiful. You are amazing. God crafted you and molded you and shaped you. The Bible says that he is uh, the potter and you are the clay and he made you somebody amazing. And actually, it's in the 10th commandment. I don't know if you know this, but you're actually, when you're coveting somebody else's gift, you're going against Exodus 2017, the 10th commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. If you are coveting their gifting, then you are actually breaking the 10th commandment. If the Father, Son, or the Holy Spirit gave it to them, it's theirs. And if he gave it to you, it's yours, and it's not for them. God made you exactly the way that you're supposed to be. Listen, some are called to lead, and some are called to follow. But all of us can love. Not everyone will be on the worship team, but everyone can worship. Not everyone will be on the greeting team, but everyone can greet. Not everyone will preach to thousands, but everyone can disciple one. Not everyone will lead a rad group, but everyone can be in a group. And not everyone will be friends with everyone, but everyone can be friendly. Do you understand how we're all in this together? This is the body of Christ. We work together. We are not separated. We're not disjointed. We all need each other. But the problem is... Some of you want somebody else's gift, uh, but the other side of it is somebody in this place uh, might look down on other people because of their giftings. You people that speak in tongues, y'all some weirdos, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen it, I've heard it so many times. It's weird, it's different. Or your gifting might be prophecy, and, and, and you can hear from God something specific and deliver a message. And for somebody that's not gifted in that, that might be kind of odd, because you don't understand it. Because it's not your gift. But just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not real. Many times we're afraid of things we don't understand. And it's in marriage and it's in relationships, right? Like you see this in marriages all the time. It's like, I don't understand you. Like, why are you the way that you are? Why can't you just be like me? But that's not how relationships work, is it? 
we have to understand that God made us differently. And in fact, if everybody was the same, then it wouldn't be any fun. Come on now. You need these people. I need these people. There's administrative people that I'm not gifted in that way. But if I just said, hey, Rachel, why don't you just be more like me and be super disorganized? You know what I mean? Like that, how would she be any help to me at that point then? It doesn't even make any sense. But I need her gifting, and I need Pastor Tim's gifting, and, and we all need each other's gifting. So my goal as a pastor operating in the fivefold office and one of the offices of the gifts of Jesus is to help you and to equip you in your giftings. Why? Because ministry belongs to the people. It is not my job to do all the ministry. It's our job to do the ministry. We get to do it together. You look at the feeding of the 5,000, right? Did Jesus go around and get the actual bread and fish from the little kid and then go around and personally feed every single person in the audience that day? No. What did he do? He said, hey, how about you guys split them up into groups? Who do you think split them into groups? All of the OCD people. Think about it. Just think about it for a second. All the people, who's, you're not going to put me in charge of putting people in groups. Absolutely not. That's not me. But I guarantee you there's some people that are gifted in that way that were in that body of believers, right? They say, hey, go split them all into groups. And they say, hey, I, that's, I can do that real easy. I'm loud and authoritative and, you know, I'm like that, uh, that kind of person that can do that. You're not going to send all the quiet people and be like, hey, guys, can you just, like, scoot over a little bit like Jesus wants to give you some food? Hey, come on now, let's go. Like, uh, you know, 50 people over here, I need 100 people over here. Come on, kid, shut up, get over here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you need that kind of person that's, like, authoritative and demanding. You know, like, let's get them in the groups. And then you have the people that distributed the food, right? Those are probably, like, the caretakers and the givers. Like, oh, my gosh, here you go, my little sweet child. Here's some food for you. Here's some food for you. He's empowering the people to do the ministry. And Jesus didn't give all the food out himself. That would be ridiculous. And Jesus didn't heal everybody. He had his team go out and heal everybody. We all work together. What's the point of all of this? I'm going to go back to a verse I just read, and then we'll close. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is why this matters, because of those words right there. Do you want to be built up? Do you want to be mature? Do you want to be unified, have faith, and have the knowledge of the full measure of Jesus? Then we need each other. Amen? It's simple as that. It's plain as day. And the Bible says in Psalm 133.1, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. All of us should strive to live in unity with one another. But it starts with each of us knowing who we are, identifying our giftings, and using them within the context of the local church and of the body of Christ to build one another up and to reach people for Jesus. Come on, would you stand up with me? You ever fallen asleep before on your arm and uh, you wake up and it's just like totally dead? And it's like a little floppy arm. It's just flopping around going like this, you know. You can wake up and you just like poke it. And you can't feel anything. And you try to, try to roll over your arm like this. You ever done that before? That's what it looks like when the body of Christ isn't operating the way it's supposed to. If you're falling asleep and you're gifting and you're not using it, then there's going to be a piece of the body that is not operating the way it's supposed to be. And you're going to be walking like this. The body's going to be like. 
and be like, what is wrong with that dude? It's like, what is going on? Just my arm's asleep. Sorry. Arm doesn't want to cooperate today. It's not operating. It's gifting, right? Because 20 people decided they wanted to be the head. That's what it looks like. It looks ridiculous, right? If your foot's asleep, you can't even walk. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever had both legs fall asleep? Literally, you try to get out of bed, straight through the face, right? Or you just realize real quick, oh, I'm not getting up. Mm -mm, ain't happening. Well, what if that was because the foot was trying to be the hand? You know, we all have to understand who we are. It just looks funny. When the body of Christ is in unity, when we work in sync, then we can accomplish more. We become more like Christ. We mature in our faith. Our families get stronger. Our marriages get better. And our church becomes more like the first century church of Jesus Christ. Where we meet together in unity. We lift each other up. And God does amazing things through us. So how are we going to work together? Well, God's given us the roadmap. He's given us the three sets of gifts. The gifts of the Father, gifts of Jesus, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you have never researched this before, you never looked into your own giftings, I want to give you a resource today. It is a spiritual gifts test. We actually do this in growth track. Every time we go through growth track, we actually have it in the booklet. Uh, sometimes we don't actually get to it in the call, but it is in the booklet. And what I actually found is I found this, it's the exact same test that we give, slightly different. We have a few more questions on ours. It's a little bit more exhaustive, but uh, this one's almost perfect. Um, the exact same thing that we do in growth track. And so I want you to take a picture of this or type this in your phone or whatever you need to do. If you do not know your spiritual gifts, it's a very easy test. It takes about five to seven minutes maybe to fill it out on your phone or on a, uh, on a desktop. And it will give you your spiritual gifts, the things that God has naturally gifted you with that you can use in the body of Christ every single week, whether that's serving on the rad team. Man, I encourage you, get on the rad team and start serving. Nothing is more like Jesus than when you serve together with other people and advance the kingdom of God through the local church. Man, I will get fired up about the rad team. They are amazing. They're amazing. Also, get in a group, right? That's another way that you can serve and get involved and, and, and understand your spiritual gifts. If you get in a group with other people, man, even that small group of 10 to, you know, 5 to 10 to 12 people, they're going to have individual things as well that we can work together on. Somebody's going to be in charge of the food. Somebody's going to, hey, how are we doing child care? Who's teaching the lesson that day, you know? Even down to a granular small group like that, you're still utilizing your giftings. So I want you to take this test. Do it. If, you, if you're married, please take this test with your spouse. It's so eye-opening to see the different giftings that you have. Uh, it's an amazing thing to do. Like I said, today is a simple message. I get to be more of a teacher today, so that's kind of fun. I don't always get to do this, but I hope it, it, it's impactful for you. And as we're closing out the series on friends, I just want to say one last thing. The whole point of this message is to identify this, this one point, and it's that we all need each other. That's it. We need each other. So get in community. If, if this is your home church, then get involved. Go to the welcome party next week if you're new. Go to Growth Track if you've been coming for a while and you haven't become a member or got involved, man. Because why? Because we want to do this thing together and we want to reach people for Jesus and we can't do it without you. Because I need you, we need you. And the people, more importantly, that do not know Jesus, that are in our community, need your gifts. They need you. Take the responsibility 
of the Great Commission where he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And Jesus gives this promise, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's always with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, I thank you that you're here in this place. That we know that if all of us work together, that we are, in fact, better together. And your word says when two or three are gathered, your presence is there. We have to pray for one another so that we might be healed. And God, we know that in Hebrews it says don't neglect meeting together. We got to meet together. We got to be together. We got to be a family, even though family is tough and it's hard and it's messy and, and it's gross sometimes. <clears throat> Father God, there's people in our lives that, that we need so much. We might not understand their giftings. We might not understand them. Our spouse, we might be fighting with them because we're trying to make them like us. Father, if there's a, if there's a relationship out there today and there's couples out here that have been fighting uh, and been arguing because they just don't understand each other. Father, I pray that you would help them through this message today and through conversations later to understand they don't have to be like each other, but we can thrive in our individual personalities and giftings that you've given us. And God, I just pray for every person here, if they have not given their life to you yet, that they would do that today, right here, right now. As they're on the drive home, if they're praying tonight before they go to sleep, that they would say yes to you, Jesus. They don't understand that they're a sinner that needs you, that needs a savior, but that God, there's grace that covers a multitude of all of our sins. God, I thank you for that grace and for that mercy and for the love, the radical love of Jesus that you give us. It's your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Hey, why don't we give it up for Jesus in the house today? Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Once again, I wish I could hang out with you guys after service. I got a skedaddle. Sign up for a small group. Uh, welcome party is next week. Let us know that you're coming or else we will not have food for you. See you next week. God bless.